You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September, it's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. What's up, guys? What's it's, up? it's weird because it's been a minute. It has been a minute. We did the iron fly, and then we needed a recovery time, so it feels like... <laughs> has cool. it been a month? <laughs> recovery no. time? Uh, uh, almost. It's been close. It's been three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half weeks. Three, yeah. Wow, three weeks. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I know. You've been recovering for three weeks? Yeah, probably. What, uh, did, you do? what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> we threw the party of a lifetime, Steve. It was a good party. Yeah. Wish you could have been there. I'm just, I'm, I would. I think I'm the only one of like our, our friend group that doesn't have a matching tattoo now. I don't have one. Oh, you didn't get one? No, no I thought you did. No, what? He didn't, he didn't get one. I didn't get you one. You didn't get one? No, I got one. For oh, sure. I got one. Okay. No, okay. yeah. Somebody's there tattoo and I'll want to walk away with mink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me and no, but there's, there's like six of us who, you all know. All have the same tattoo. Yeah, we're all blood brothers. Each so. other's initials. <laughs> oh, that, that's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> we, thought so. we thought it was a good idea. <laughs> that's kind of sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, we have pictures to prove it. <laughs> uh, I bet. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it was that was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And to be fair, the tattoo is cool. I oh, just yeah. have to throw some shade. Oh, no, no, no. Just a little bit. It was definitely like, and it was funny, like early in the day, we had so many people on board like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the same tattoo. And like their time would come up. It'd be like, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to do something different. Or they'd be like, I'm not going to get one at all. You know? Yeah. But it was a little heartbreaking when I was like, I thought we were going to be like eight of us with the exact same tattoo. I, I thought really hard about it. Yeah. But I, at the end, I was like, uh. just Just the brand? What's yeah, just the brand. <laughs> my did brothers. You, did you get each other's names on there too? No, we did think about it though. Yeah. We really did because that can go really wrong down the road. Yeah, we thought. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hear if you get the name tattooed, the relationship ends. Every That's time. Yeah. every time. Every <laughs> love, time. Love fades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's like what uh, Grant, Ty, and I all got a quad that's tattooed on our on our thigh, and then Ricky got the same quad but on his hand or on his uh, arm. So when yeah. you guys are fishing together, you're gonna touch knees to like bring the power. Honestly, the reason why Grant and I were gonna go fishing is to catch some guads and then do like a little like a uh-huh, double up with yeah, like a little okay. next to the tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and nice. we made sure they're both facing different directions so we can make them kiss. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's probably more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> the actual fish or your legs? Uh, the legs. Both. Both, yeah. both. Actually, you know, I mean, both. Like, hey, yeah, I every, r- everything is content. Well, <laughs> we sh- we should mention that. You guys have heard him on the podcast multiple times before. Steve Ramirez is with us on the show. Hey, Steve. Hey, am, am I the first person to ever be on this show four times? Four, yeah. Four-time winner? You're the only, on I've been on it more than four times. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> You're the only person to I'm be the on the guest. show three and four times. Yep. I don't think anybody else has been on three times. Jim's done twice or three times? Jim's done twice. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Although Jim will send me an email if I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, 
Well, and I don't know if the real recovery when we record at real recovery because we kind of rotate through if people. That counts as one person. Yeah, if that counts, I, I don't, I don't I think remember. it does. No. I don't think it does. It doesn't feel the same. It, there wasn't a special trip made. Yeah, it's like when you see a like a like a band at a music <coughs> festival versus just their own thing. You know, it doesn't feel the same. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on the band. <laughs> so, we honestly, the three of us, have not discussed the Ironfly as a group since the event. Right. We've, I think you've we've been, had you've been recovering. We've been recovering. <laughs> we've been recovering. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it did so, take about two weeks for my tattoo to stop peeling. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. I, I, oh, I think it went, uh, it honestly... Um, exceeded my expectations. Oh, 100%. Like, Dude, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I know we're cool and all, but I didn't think we were cool enough for that many people to show up. I I was like, man, we're going to have like a couple of our close friends there. I was thinking like 20 or 30, right? There was like, there had to be 100, 100-ish, maybe a little bit yeah. more, maybe oh, a little yeah. bit less. By the time you included like spouses and everything like yeah. that. Dude, yeah. it was it was insane in the tying room. We need to book a bigger tying room I next know. time. There's right. another building we can use for next year, yeah. so we can Holy have two smokes. tying rooms. I don't think it was ever empty until like eight thirty. Yeah, no people were tying like literally yeah. the entire time. At least a couple of people, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was it was really cool. Well, as far as numbers go, uh, I don't think we have like an exact down to the penny number because. People don't made some donations online, and I don't know if those got accounted for, but I know people donated online. Mm-hmm. Like, for the tattoo, I know people went after and donated online. Yeah. They're like, hey, I made the donation online. Um, but I think $8,750 wow. is a safe bet for yeah. where we ended. And that's not too far off of our goal, which our, our official goal was ten grand. Ten, Yeah, well, we... Uh, Grossed over ten with pre signups and cash brought in at the event, but after expenses, real recovery ended up with eight thousand seven hundred fifty. Which That's is still great. yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Y'all did so a great job. We kind of hit our goal, we kinda of didn't. So I don't really we said ten thousand, but I don't know. We never said if it was like pre gross or yeah, straight. Yeah. yeah. So um anyway, I I personally think it was a success. Um sorry, Chris. Uh <laughs> fly trap we had um there was another event scheduled for the same day that was un unintentional just kind of accidentally happened on both of our ends and it looks like they had a great time and we had a great time but i would like to if we decide to do this event again that we do not conflict with another big fly fishing event yeah so it's probably for the best and now we know all the ones we got to make sure we yep. we don't conflict yep. with but um yeah, I mean, and everybody is giving me great feedback. That's everybody after the event has said nothing but positive things. And I don't know. It's been some really heartfelt things shared towards us. And I, I don't know. It's been it's been really neat yeah. because of all the effort put into it. So Yeah, a lot of great messages. Kevin Hudgens sent me a really nice message after. And other people have um, sent, sent some really nice messages. And I just I want to give an extra shout out. I mean, we have a lot of people that donated stuff to the event. Um and to help us raise money, but this event could not have gone as well as it did without Chris Johnson and Living Waters, one hundred percent, because they Agreed. they managed the tying competition and supplied all the materials, and 
it was something that we didn't have to worry about at the event, so we could actually just manage the event. Yeah. And if we were responsible for that on top of actually doing the event, I don't think it would have gone as well as it did. No, no, not at all. And they had done them in the past, too, so they kind of knew already how to keep it organized, and yeah. they kept everything anonymous. And it's just, honestly, you, like you said, we couldn't have done it without we them. We could not have done it without them. I just got to say, if Chris, Mr. Johnson, if you're listening to this... <laughs> I expect a pro staff spot because I sold a couple of your capes that night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. At least one. I know for a fact. He should uh, do uh, like a, a deal where like you sell five capes, get one free. Hey. Then you can be like, you can be Dude, like, on, push it. you can be on capes commission. I will push it. <laughs> cape commission. I will push it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're right. Living Waters, they kind of came in clutch. They really, they, I, I feel like, Chris and Melody, Mel, it was Melody that was there. Yeah, right? yeah. I feel like they kind of pulled the whole thing together. If it was just us, you know, I don't know. It would have been that was a lot of people to maintain. And, yeah, it would have been a little less. It would have been hard. Yeah, it would have been really hard. Yeah, the fact that they were there really brought and, it together. Uh, round of applause to the hardest working guy at the event was Thank Carlos. Oh. oh, yeah, Carlos for sure, man. He, the tattoo artist. He got there at what two? Two and did not stop ta- stat. Stop tattooing until, until, he kicked him out at 11. until the brewery staff was basically like, um, we're ready to go home. Yeah. So did he, he stop halfway through a tattoo? Please tell me yes. No, no, oh. he didn't. <laughs> no, that would have been great. Just the front half of a fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Not even just like the lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also the brewery for. Yes. Uh, Faust. Every, yeah. Faust brewing. Um, everybody was compl- very complimentary of the brewery, and Grant relayed feedback to me that the brewery staff was very complimentary of the patrons because they said at events, like this was the night the people were the nicest they've been. They cleaned up after themselves, and they were very appreciative of that. Good. So, um, and then obviously a long list of other sponsors, people that made donations. <coughs> um, Thanks to everybody. Yeah. Because we couldn't have done this without the donations. We wouldn't have raised as much money as we raised if if you didn't donate to the event. Um, and uh, so, yeah, everybody's asking us to do it again. So I guess that's the big question. Are we going to do it again? I know. It got me pumped to do it again. Yeah. Why not? I want to compete next time, though. You want to compete next you know time? how hard it was to watch everybody tie flies, and I didn't get the tie flies. It's pretty easy because I could just tell everybody I would win this if I was actually tying <laughs> flies. But yeah, I but don't it's, actually gosh, have to put anything it looked up. looked like you know? so much fun. I was jealous. I'll be honest. I was pretty jealous. You can tie a fly for us, and we'll judge it. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple changes. Landa didn't like that. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a couple of changes. If we do it again, and this is uh, feedback from Chris and a couple, well, mainly from Chris, is that we need to have an intermediate category instead of yep. beginner. And we need three categories beginner, because he said most people were actually intermediates that were competing. And they got bumped up or bumped down, and they had he either had to push them up or push them down. And he said that we should do a first instead of doing first, second, and third in two categories, we should do a first and second. In three categories, just yeah, cut the right. cut the third place out, and then do three categories. Um, and uh, that made a lot of sense because um, congratulations to Don, our buddy Don, for winning the beginner division. But 
What a joke. I'm just kidding, Don. Don. <laughs> Don should have. Don's not a beginner. He should have been in the advanced division. Yeah. He's sandbagged. I'm convinced. <laughs> He's sandbagged. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, kind of, Don. One thing I did, I, that Chris did I didn't know they were going to do, he didn't tell people what category they were in. No. Yeah, that was. That people was were I, I would go up to people and like, hey, what category were you in? They're like, I don't know. He just gave me a number. Yeah. So it's it, like, there was like one, so two, like, three. Yeah, so he's like, people turned in their woolly bugger to get categorized into beginner or advanced. But when he categorized them, he didn't tell them. So leading up to the awards, you didn't know what category you were in. See, that's kind of cool. I, I kind of like the suspense, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People people don't need to know what category they're in. No. You know? Well, oh, you know what? He might have done that so people didn't, like... I don't even know where I was going with that thought. I had a thought. I do. I do. do you? Okay. Okay. Can you explain it to me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> can, you, no, can, you, can you explain my thoughts for me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> well, so so people can stand back. Yeah. If you know, I feel like if you knew your category, it's a lot easier to to to. Manipulate the system, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a good way to say it? Sandbag, not the, necessarily. I, I, don't, I don't think sandbag or manipulate the system can be said in a good way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is that a is that an accurate way to say? Oh, it, it would be accurate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I knew I was in a beginner class, I would make sure to tie something. I would use the most most. Uh, What's the word? Amazing? Yeah, no, <laughs> not amazing. The most, oh my gosh, what is the word? Sad. I would throw every advanced technique I uh, could into my fly to make sure that I smoked the rest of the beginners, yeah. you know. Like you give it a tail. I'm, yeah. I'm glad he yeah. got that out. Cause <laughs> I give would, it a tail. I was thinking you're still recovering. From <laughs> 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 I was about to call uh, your speech therapist. There. <laughs> oh, man. There was some good flies tied though. I say wh- I'll tell you what the winning fly, John. Oh yeah, I think he I'd brought like that with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he glued the the, 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 that. the random dude. That dude yeah. I, I've been messaging him. Yeah, he's gonna come on the podcast. <coughs> oh, nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was impressive, honestly. I mean, now granted, there was a lot of materials to choose from to tie with, and it was it was a lot more. I was expecting more nonsense than materials. Like it was like. A bunch of realistic materials, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, like two. They like didn't make it difficult to. Sorry to anybody listening if you had a hard time, but they didn't make it difficult <laughs> to come up with something to tie. You know, Chris and, and uh, Living Waters brought a lot of good whatever you wanted. A to good tie. selection. Yeah. yeah, you could tie whatever you had dreamed up. Yeah. Now I also think, and I don't know exactly how the judging went, but I also think they need to. Maybe next time, as far as like, okay, if you get McFly foam. Uh-huh. Have to use it in this way, what? Because I feel like okay, so no. So do you know so how it was judged? Because no. I can explain to you how it was judged, and maybe it'll make okay, more sense. Okay, how was it judged? So there <coughs> were, I think there were four categories, and it mm-hmm. was on a scale of one to ten. So each judge filled out a scorecard. Uh, category one was creativity overall on the fly. Category two was difficulty okay. overall on the fly. Category three was secret material usage of one material, and Category 4 was secret material usage of the second material. Okay, so, so they, they were giving two... Everyone was given the same two materials, but um, they were... Uh, 
it was it was essentially McFly foam and like EP fibers. It wasn't EP. It was something else. I think it was some kind of yarn. It was some kind of like wing material. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, you had to you were scored on those. So like you know you could do a creative and uh, you know a difficult fly, but if you didn't use those secret materials well in your fly, you wouldn't get scored highly there. So you kind of yeah. have to. Okay. Um, and uh, John, I think they said, got a perfect score. Yeah, he did. I saw the fly. I mean, he, uh, him and I talked about it a little hopper, a right? Yeah, because I was like, I was kind of hyping him and then Ty's uh, fiance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. Her, they, uh, yeah, they're engaged. Yeah. Uh, where was I going with? Anyway, and <laughs> her and then who else? It was it was John and her. Her name's Amber, right? Was it Amber? Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was talking to them after the fact, and, and John showed me his his hopper, and I was like, man, that thing is badass. It was cool. It, it looked like he bought it. Yeah, it did, it honestly. Cool. like It looked like it was, it was just good. a perfect little hopper. So I believe that he got a perfect score is where I'm trying to go with all of yeah. this. Yeah. Now, here's my idea if we do it again. Okay. The winner, an additional uh, reason to compete in the advanced division would be that the we do an artist rendition, like a digital drawing of the winner's fly, and that's the next year's logo. So we take his fly. Uh, Zach can go on his like iPad yeah, and draw it, yeah. like a digital version of it, and then that's the iron fly Dude. logo for the next year. I actually really like that. So idea. then there's a little bit more incentive, too. Like, okay, if you win the advanced division, then. Well, that actually, now we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves. Now here, he really that gave wants me, to do it. That gave me an idea, though. An idea. Okay, what's your idea? And I saw this on Instagram recently. Okay. And so somebody, you know, other people may recognize this. But what if, what if you drew a fly? Okay. And we had a sub, like a bonus contest, a bonus, you know, whatever competition. You have to tie the drawn fly. And whoever gets it most accurate. To yeah. your vision, that would be kind of cool. They That's true. what happened online on Instagram is somebody posted a picture they drew of a fly, and then they host the contest. Like, all right, whoever ties this and gets it closest to what the the image is. Oh, that's kind of cool. And they give some mean? prizes away. Yeah, they give like, prizes. Yeah. So it's like yeah. we could do like a bonus. You know, if you don't want to do the iron fly, but you still want to compete in something, maybe yeah, something small. Anyway, I sorry. will say there were some competitors. Uh, <coughs> if you, if you plan on doing this. Next year, if we do it, um, that they kind of came a little bit later and they were really rushed on their fly. Um, I heard some people say like, "Oh, I thought an hour would be enough time," but when you really are trying to, do well, an what time you get there creative, too, and you kind of get checked in, you meet people, and you had to do the woolly bugger to get mm-hmm. categorized. So that's fifteen minutes right there. I think it was was it Gabe we were talking somebody I was talking to last weekend at Orvis about they were saying that they like. Next thing they know, they looked at the clock and time was almost Gabe. up. Was it yeah. Gabe? Yeah. 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 Okay, so what <coughs> else? I don't got anything else. That's pretty much it. It was really good. It was a really good. Um, yeah. I had a great time. Everything flowed smoothly. Like, what I had a lot of people said that. It was funny because, like, on our agenda, we said it was going to end at 9. And literally, we were wrapping up at, like, 9 o'clock. Oh, what would you guys think of the film? Oh, you guys did a fantastic I it was job! Great, yeah. Man. I think well, Grant's editing was perfect. Oh yeah, Grant did a, well. Grant shouldered most of the work with the editing because that's the hardest part. <coughs> so, Grant, thanks for that. Have you seen it, Steve? What film? Uh, so me, Zach, this Zach, uh, 
This Zach is a movie star in the film. I'm a star in the film. Uh, I got a face for radio. So the answer is no. <laughs> okay. And then what so, I was going to say to you, for our listeners who weren't there, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, so we uh, we showed a film uh, at the event on like a. Are you okay? <laughs> he said he's got a face for radio. How did he not laugh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So, uh, Mike Torres, Zach, Grant, and I uh, did a film about Real Recovery. We filmed at the Spring Retreat uh, this year. Spring Retreat this year? Yeah. Yes, this year's Spring Retreat. And we filmed the whole weekend. And we interviewed some of the retreat coordinators. And we interviewed a participant on the retreat. And we interviewed a fishing buddy on the retreat. And then we made like a 12-minute short film. Nice. So, and then we showed it for the first time at the Ironfly. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I'll email, I'll email it to you so you can look at it. It, it turned out so good. And really we would like to show it at Trout Fest. So that's the next goal. I need to get with them. But um, it turned out, turned out really well and gotten positive feedback. And a huge thank you to Grant for shouldering yes. the editing. Mike uh, helped us, Mike. You know, donated some of the equipment. Me, Zach, filmed a lot, and Grant filmed for part of the weekend. So um, it was definitely a group effort, but Grant uh, shouldered a lot of that on the back end with the editing. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it. I think the film was good. And then we got to show at the Orvis event after, too. So and raised a couple hundred dollars for a recovery at that. Did they say they're going to try to find a way to send that, that film out to more real recovery people around the nation or... Did who say that? Uh, they. they. Yeah, who's they? they? Ominous they. Um, <clears throat> no. Um, <clears throat> Tony, was he at, you know, at, not, at the event? Well, did Tony say something? Yeah. So, he he, so here's the, here's, let me tell you what the plan for the film is. Yes. So we would like to show it at Trout Fest. Okay. Because um, they do a film right there. Uh, me and Grant have been discussing submitting it to some of the film tours. Oh, yeah, you guys should. And see if it gets picked up. Um, I think we need to tweak a couple things before we do that because um, just being nitpicky on my end, um, tweak a little things. Or we could just submit it and see if they need if they think anything needs to be tweaked. But submitting it to, like, the fly fishing film tour down the hatch, like those, and see if see – if any of them get picked up. Then it would go on a na- nationwide tour and everybody that goes to see those films would get to see what Real Recovery is all about. Cool. Awesome. So, um, and I think the big thing is we talk about Real Recovery a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. and everybody hears about Real Recovery, but unless you've actually been on a retreat, it's hard to... Get the impact across. Get the impact of what is going on across. Mm-hmm. And so I think the film does a good job of showing that. So it'll, I think it'll bring more awareness to people of like, okay, this is actually what a retreat looks like and what's going on and what people are going through and the impact that it has. So anyway, yeah. But I will send you a copy so you can Great. check it out. So I sent it to Stan. So Stan saw it. I guess if you're on the board now, which we can talk about now, uh, you can take a look at it too. That'd be great. Yeah. Are we the first ones to do like an inside perspective well, video? 
I think News, like <coughs> Hens 5 did that one. Yeah, but that wasn't really in-depth. You know what I mean? I mean, it was it was good. Don't get me wrong. And it showed what it what it is. But are we the first ones to actually go in and create a short film, essentially, on, on the inside? I don't think I've ever seen one. I haven't seen one. No. Yeah. Not to say that someone hasn't, but I, yeah. haven't, I haven't seen one. <coughs> um, Steve is now... You are on the national board of directors right. for Real Recovery. So, and that has been a change since we last had you on the podcast. So, right. will you talk, like, kind of walk us through that story and kind of your role now is on the board, what that well, looks like? Well, my role is just beginning, so it's evolving. And uh, how this happened was, oh, you know the writing I've done before and that I always put things into my books and in my essays about the healing powers of both fly fishing, nature, and then just the way we interact as a community. And um, one of the other members of the board, Brett Purdyman, is in my second book, and we've been friends for years. And he reached out to me after Stan said, we need a new member on the board. And uh, <clears throat> so... I always try to make sure that anything I do is a good fit, win-win. And so uh, we actually went through the process of me learning more about real recovery. I knew probably about as much as most people do casually understanding what's going on. So I did a bigger dive and looked into it. I wanted to be at your last event that you had here, your last retreat. The fall retreat. Right, yep. the fall retreat. I really wanted to be at that. Unfortunately, I was out of the state at the time. And um, so uh, Brett reached out to me after Stan said, go do it. And we started the conversation. Then uh, basically we did a mutual interview of each other so I could learn more about real recovery deeper than I knew and dug into uh, as much as you can when you haven't been to the retreat. Mm -hmm. And it was um, all that I thought it would be and more and something I could really get behind. And so we kind of talked about what I could bring to the board and what I could bring to real recovery. And um, we're going to see how that unfolds as a communicator, as a writer, as a teacher, as a as a person that reaches out through words um, that hopefully I can find some ways that I'm adding to what you already have. Most importantly, what Stan seems to say is he's looking for people who are, is his words, good eggs, so I'm really glad that I fit that category for him. Uh, but I couldn't imagine you not fitting that category. Well, honestly, that's really nice honestly, of you to say. Yeah. That's really <laughs> nice of you to say. But it's I'm so important to me, anything that I get involved in, that I'm actually doing it for the right reasons for them and for me. In other words, a real win. And this was a good fit. Um, so, and you also know that this current book that I'm writing right now, is it's, I'm interweaving my own health struggles into this story. And I think what that tells me is when we have struggles in life, let's just say health struggles, but there's other kinds. But if we have a struggle in life and we overcome it, then I think it's incumbent on us to take that, what we've learned, and share it with others and to keep saying to people, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes, you know, there's an old quote, everything is survivable, but the last thing. Um, but almost everything is survivable. Almost everything is. And... And one thing that helps us get stronger, first of all, you already know that I, I've written extensively about how fly fishing and nature and camaraderie has saved my life. 
So when I learned about what was being done, I learned about the courageous conversations. I learned about the, the things that are very unique to real recovery. For me, it was a natural fit. And when Stan and I spoke about how we both thought about it, it was a natural win-win fit. So I told him, I will be involved as long as I can do some good for you and for the organization. And once I'm not any good anymore, then we'll get somebody who can be good. Um, that's the deal. I really am honored to be part of it. I was able to fly up to Denver for the annual gala. Okay. And I was able to do a reading and, and from my first book in that one, which gets into my own uh, healing through fly fishing in nature. And uh, just speak to everybody, and it was really quite an honor. I met amazing people up there, including participants who who are recovering from cancer, who are living with cancer, and um, it just it was a very moving experience, very important experience. So I'm really happy to be a small part of it. So people say, "Oh, you're a national board member." That just makes me. Um, so when I used to be the director of a big homeland security operation <laughs> in my past life, um, I had a second, I had several seconds in command, and one of them was kind of pretty um, excited about themselves. And I sat down with them one time, and they said, well, I want to know if I'm the senior second in command. And I said to this person, here's how I see myself. I'm at the bottom of the food chain here. I'm the biggest servant my job is to serve everyone else in this organization right to the people that make the contact with the ones we're serving. So congratulations, you get to be number two from the bottom with me. And that's how I see this too. I'm just, my job is how can I serve? I think real recovery is making a difference in people's lives. And if it, whether it's incremental or monumental, it matters. You know, and I just made that up, by the way. Or like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I like that. I might have to use that in a book. Yeah. So we should do that as a tattoo at the next iron. Yeah. Incremental yeah. or monumental. It matters. So, no, and I, I uh, actually, while I was up there, I ran to, I, I had a gentleman come up to me who was a former Marine, like me. And by the way, tomorrow is the Marine Corps birthday, Semper Fi. And uh, he is living with cancer and he's going through it. And he talked to me about the impact this program and this experience has had on his life and on his wife's life and his family's life. And it was profound. It went far beyond. I went fishing with some nice people mm -hmm. far beyond. Yep. And I found him to be an inspiration. I found him to be an absolute inspiration. So that's, that's what we're doing here. So my job basically is to say, what can I do? I think that's great. Yeah, we're excited to maybe get you snag you for the spring retreat. Definitely love to. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely love to. So now the first time I do this, what uh, Stan had said, and I agree with him. What I need to do is be an observer, and the reason being is that if I was participating, I don't, need, I wouldn't be able to be part of sitting in the courageous conversation mm -hmm. part of it, and I need to see the whole part as a board member. I need to have the whole experience. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think so. I think you need to sit in on some courageous conversations. And because of my own life experiences, I think a lot of it's going to speak to me as well. Mm -hmm. And empathy, we were just talking about empathy. Empathy is so <coughs> important, whether we're talking about having empathy for each other, uh, for someone we just met, or 
what I'm writing about right now, having empathy for our rivers. I mean, they're living. So um, that's powerful. Once you have that, so the fact that I've, I've you know, I have a, my, my cancer is, is not what the, what so many people have gone through. It's very, very serious. My cancer has been minor, but I've had skin cancer multiple times. And I'm high risk for more skin cancer. I have to go every six months. So I uh, had nine bits of skin cancer taken off me last time I went. Mm. So, um, so is it is it on your face or it has been? And the thing is, really lucky for me is I don't scar. So you can't tell that I've been split under my right eye from one side to the other. Oh wow! Yeah, I was split there <coughs> on this side, on the other side of the eye, top of my head. So I've had it off my neck. Yeah, uh, off my chest. Yep. And then a really big one off my back where they had to really cut down uh, pretty deep. So I've, I've got a dimple on my back, which makes me pretty cute. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, between that experience, you know, the heart disease, the other things that I, that I go through, um, I think it, it gives me a, a good perspective to be able to try to help out. You know, to try to help out because those things, those are the bumps in the road. That's all it is. It's a bump in the road. And sometimes it's a really big bump, but the really big bumps is where we learn. That's where we get stronger. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I see in real recovery. The other thing I really see is compassion. I mean, when I, when I talk with Stan, I see a person who is totally committed and, and really cares about what happens to the the men that are being, he, basically he says it's all about the men. Yeah. And he wants to make sure people are in this for the right reasons. And I think that he saw that I didn't want to be in it unless it was all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I feel really good about it. Well, we're excited that you're part of it. Yeah, That's very nice of you. Let's see so. if I can live up to that. I'll do my best. Um. Before we talk to you about your next book, the book that you're writing, Adventures, have I did I tell you guys about my celebrity sighting? No. At H E B. I think you mentioned it, but I don't think anybody responded. <laughs> when did you went you mention in the group chat? Maybe it was in the group chat. I think. Maybe nobody yeah, did you guys not respond? Wow. Well, wow. Hurt I've my got, feelings. Dude, I've gotten really bad about responding to text I'll look, messages. Dude. And I'll look at the group chat and I'll be like 25 after read through it. So you, you got cited on the as a Honey Hole podcast member at Oh, that's right. You Bass were the Pro. celebrity in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember you said that. So I was grocery shopping at HEB mm-hmm. and uh, I walked by this dude and he's like turning his head <laughs> as I walk by. <laughs> and I was like... That's uh, not always a good thing. I was like, way. okay. I was like... I, I was a little bit like confused, but I just kept walking. He's like, "Hey, hey, hey. Uh, uh, are you are you one of the honey holes <laughs> guys?" And I like I didn't know who this dude was, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh man, I just I moved here and uh, I started listening to the Rollcast podcast, uh-huh. and then I I heard about your podcast on there, so I've been listening and watching YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And so we chatted for a minute, and yeah. then. We exchanged Instagram info, and uh, I just his, thought it was I thought it was funny. What's his name? What's I his am blanking on his name right now. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Th- this was, Sorry, H-E-B, dude. This was, this was, uh, this was pre-Ironfly. A lot's happened. They exchanged Instagram information. Yeah, right. They probably have tattoos together by next yeah. year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong, Steve. Hey, yeah, honestly, though, that 
It's not hard to get. All right, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna read <laughs> off all of the names on your Instagram until we find him because he deserves this. It's not on the ex- it's ex- not on the honey hole. It's okay. It's I can still see your followers. Oh, Is yeah. it on Landon's Life List or Landon Rowlett? I think it Landon Rowlett. Oh, I forgot 69, the Life 69. List. <laughs> 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 He's your friend. I know. Which one I know. Is it You're not gonna pull it up. I was oh, gonna I point. I was gonna point it out. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I think he said he moved from Colorado. Recently moved to San Antonio. Nice, but you know what? It's funny. I feel like it's one thing to be seen like at like a like an like a fishing store, but to be spotted like at yeah. HEB, that's pretty. That's pretty yeah, cool. it was kind of blue. It kind of threw me off because because you're not expecting that. No, not at all. If I felt very weird. Yeah, I'll say it feels. It's a bit weird, mm. but you also are kind of Adam, like, <laughs> Adam McCoy. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yep. I've not met him. That I've seen that profile picture. What's his yep. sta- What's his stage name? Uh, Adam the Real. Nice. So stage nice name. to meet I you, like Adam. That. I'm gonna start using <laughs> stage name. Nice to meet you, Adam. He's a cool just, guy. I followed you, Adam. Let's go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go fishing. Yeah, we need to go fishing. You said I he know. moved here from, I think from Colorado, if I remember correctly. Recently moved here from Colorado, and he's just been trying to like figure out fly fishing here. So listening to podcasts and figuring it out. We got recommended from the Rollcast podcast. So thanks, nice. guys. That's that's champions Done. kind of story too, right? Like he moved here and was like trying to to. We well, went like, to Trout Fest and then met a yeah. couple there. Yeah, and he was like, he met you specifically at Trout Fest. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I remember meeting champion at the booth. <coughs> he told me that he met you at the booth, yeah. and I don't think I was there. No, you were not. Because when I fished with champion, he was like, "I met Zach." Yep. at the booth. Mm-hmm. Which Zach? Me. Yeah, and, and then he gave me a fly. No, I'm, just, I'm just helping you along because you, <laughs> y'all talk about stuff and nobody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, Zach, 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 yeah. Zach, Zach. 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 You know, Zach with a Z. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, got exactly. it, got it, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, they gave me a fly the night of the. Um, the movies. So nice. Oh, he ties great flies. I, yeah. you, I think you were standing right there. I don't know if you were there. Grant got his game changer back. Yeah, the iron fly. Then he gave it to Carlos. What? <laughs> <laughs> All of that. Uh, whatever. Yeah, Carlos has Forget the game changer. <laughs> yeah, so as the tattoo artist has it. Hey, but we could all go get that tattooed on us now. I'd, I'd get a game changer. Yeah, tattooed. we could do that. All right, a game changer tattoo. Would be so now cool. you're on board. Before I was like, I'm not getting the same tattoo as my buddies, but now it's a game changer. <laughs> it's a game like, changer. Friends, we can have friend tattoos now. <laughs> Whatever, man. Steve, are you in? No, I'm definitely not in. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like the only Marine you ever meet that didn't get a tattoo. No, so which worked out fine because I was in a Marine unit where you could not get in if you had a tattoo. Oh, really. Okay. Had no identifying <coughs> marks on you. Oh. That makes sense. Yep. Sounds intense. <laughs> Actually, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> wow. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm not in. <laughs> so and I, right. I, I'm a little afraid to be that close. Little I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all are like really close. You're all getting matching tattoos. Yeah, not this guy. Put each other's names on no, your butts. <laughs> well, now it's a game changer, it sounds like you are. All right. You know, you can... You can Why don't you tie a then? nice game changer and then we'll all go get a tattoo. You're talking to the wrong guy, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't but tie game changers. Well, tie anything. They're expensive. I think they're more... 
more expensive to tie than they are to buy. They're pretty expensive to buy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. The shanks, man, no, are expensive. The materials are expensive. Just make your own shanks. Listen, because <laughs> then I got to go buy a $50 tool to make the shanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You do. No. Yeah. I'll just keep buying chases. Chase's yeah, game changers are better than anybody else's out there anyway. No yeah. offense to him. There's a lot of really good ones, but man, right. Chase's they're perfection. Kendall got her first tattoo. Nice. She's all excited about it. Yeah, how's she feeling about it? She loves it. Yeah. My my dad got a tattoo. And Your dad did get a tattoo. So did Carson. I don't know how he survived. Because, dude, Barely. I've been to the doctor with him as a kid where he gets a shot and he passes out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I sat there for a tattoo. And apparently, and... I, unfortunately, I don't know what I was doing but at the event, but while he was getting his, t- I didn't even know he was getting a tattoo until it was pretty much over, and I never got to see him, like, watch him get the tattoo. Mm-hmm. I watched him. But apparently he almost passed out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. A couple of times. I'm not throwing anybody on the bus. You can throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably listen to this. <laughs> exactly, right? Listeners are all good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and Carson, but Carson can edit this out if he wants to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Carson almost passed out too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, honestly, I was a little worried there for a second about Carson. He got a little woozy, and he like he 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 was the one. If somebody was going to end up with just like half a fish, <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be Carson. <laughs> Carson. No, no. He got the outline out, and then like um, he was doing the detail work. I noticed there was no shading on his right. Yes. So he did kind of get half of it done. Yeah. But not just like, you know, no fence or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, no, Kendall keeps, keeps doing this thing, though. She'll walk up to me and she'll go like this with her arms. She'll be like, it's swimming towards you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she got a panfish on her arm. Oh, so, panfish. Yeah. And so she's like, look at it swim. I'm like, okay. Hers turned out really good. It might actually be my favorite. Hers looks so good. I know. Like, I'm really, really happy with mine. But hers just looks, it's just like the perfect size. It looks clean. It's it's not covered in like man hair. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen those hairy quad bass before. <laughs> a special strain. <laughs> How is John like in his tattoo? He likes his a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. His is visible. Uh, yeah, he got his first visible tattoo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and he got the salmon fly, if I remember correctly. He did. Yep, salmon fly right there. So yeah, he likes his. It's funny That's though, awesome. kids, kids, kids at school will be like, "What is that?" He's like, "It's a fly." He's like, "They're like, a what?" He's like, "It's a salmon fly." They're like, "What's a salmon fly? That doesn't look like a salmon." <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll have to put a picture on the board or whatever. But it's funny. Yeah, at the end of the night, I wanted to get one, but I should have done it early and in the beginning. Because yeah. at the end of the event, I kind of sat down. You got a little exhausted. Was exhausted, had a headache, and I'm like, I'm not getting a tattoo. Feeling sounds like, this. like an excuse. Oh, it was a, it was an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was really not getting a tattoo if you don't feel good. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't feeling good. So, strategy for next year, if I'm getting to get a tattoo, I'm gonna get it at two o'clock and not ten o'clock. Yeah, my strategy is I'm gonna be like Carlos, give me a tattoo a week before, and I'll promote you. I was gonna say, what if we were the flash sheet, right? Like, on our back, just, like, a whole bunch of tattoos? No, like, you got one, you got one, I got one, Gabe gets one, whatever. Steve gets one. Steve, Steve gets, gets one. one. Not going to happen. <laughs> right? right well, it wouldn't work anyway with me, because the only place I don't have hair is the top of my head, and I'm not putting one up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can put one in the hair. Trust me. <laughs> no. No, 
if I didn't do the Marine Corps, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was fun. That, honestly, having the tattoo artist there was was awesome. I just love tattoos, though. So. Yep. Well, let's move on. Let's talk to Steve. You've been you've been. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about yeah. tattoos. Oh, no, you don't okay. have to. That's we've, okay. we've covered it enough. We, yeah, we, when you used to have booze here, enough. I could talk to you about booze, but yeah. now we're talking about tattoos. I feel really left out. Yeah, no. I almost want to get one, but it doesn't really count if I get one like the little kids get at the fair, right? So I can wash it off later. <laughs> oh no, you can do that. You can actually. They've got some temporary now, temporary tattoos that last like three months. Yeah, yeah. Well. And they look real. They look like ink. I've considered it. <laughs> and there's this company right now. <laughs> you know, here we go back to tattoos. <laughs> I started it. Real quick, yeah. There's this company that is making a fading ink that you get a tattoo, and within one to two years, it fades completely away. L- last thing. Sorry, Steve. So my brother's girlfriend is an artist, mm-hmm. and we were talking the other day, and you know they have glittery ink for tattoos now. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, she was showing their. That's gonna be really good for you. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that, right? That seems a little weird. Well, it's like holographic. I don't know. She showed me a picture. I'll pull up a picture. Well, while you're pulling that up, yeah. they're making little uh, marker tattoo guns for kids. Oh yeah, I was gonna. This, yeah, like it puts like a little like a little marker. Yeah, the little expo goes back. Yeah, <laughs> so you could get like a kid to give you like a little marker tattoo. Yeah. It'll wash off. Fairly quickly. Yep. And you can buy your I own think, tattoo gun. I think we'll probably just skip it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> skip the whole thing. Yeah. I, I think what I'll do is I'll be there next time so I can heckle you while you're getting your tattoo. Okay. Oh, that's that, fine. Honestly, a lot of that was going on. Yes. And it was fun. Especially when we're all getting the same tattoo. Then, yeah. I, then I'll feel like I'm fitting in. Melody? I can heckle you all about getting the same tattoo together. <laughs> you know what Melody did? She got the world's smallest tattoo? She got, uh, she got a freckle tattooed because she wanted to know what it felt like to have a tattoo. So she had him put her... Little freckle on her arm. Uh, well, see, that would just mess with my dermatologist. Something awful. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We gotta take this off. What do we that's, do? That's here? not gonna be covered by your insurance either, by the way. Oh yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, but is it actually a glitter, or is it just like white being used really, really well? Oh, I don't know. She t- she said it was like glittery, but I don't know. I don't know. No, I think. It's just, but did you guys ever read that book? It was like the... It's like Rainbow the, Fish. Yeah. yeah. Of course, everybody read that book. Not everybody. Maybe, I don't know what Steve... I don't read. Did you read the Rainbow Fish? No, I never heard of it. Yeah, see? there's Landon, there's a difference between don't read and can't read. Okay. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm I can't leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. So you are, speaking of uh, reading and writing... Did you, you see the... Te- I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Collect You're working on right. book four right now. Casting for tattoos. No. Casting for tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we'll cast for tattoos. Yeah. yeah. So actually book four is almost done. So I have two chapters yet to write, and they will be done by first week of December. Um, then put the filing, po- polishing things on it. It's going to be coming out September 1st of 2024. Okay. Wow, okay. So by contract, I had till 2025 to do it, and then I... You're an overachiever. I sent a message to my editor, and I said, hey, can we have a phone conversation? And then we talked on the phone, and I told him what it was about, and at the end he said, wow, that makes more sense now. He said, usually when I have a writer that calls me and says I need to have a talk, it means they're not going to make their deadline, things aren't working out, they, they have writer's block, and... He says, and you want to move it up by one year. So that uh, makes more sense because he's used to be working at it. So, yep, it's moved up one year from my contract. That's awesome. So. Does that feel good? Yes. I, I'm the one that made it do it. So I'm the one that said, can I do this? And I said, you know, if 
I want to have it out for fall of 2024. How fast do you need it? He said December of 2023. That's very tight. Um, well, but, especially, but I, I love a challenge. Yeah, especially, well, you're traveling too in a lot in this book. So you have to travel. I mean, that adds a lot as opposed to writing a romance novel and just being able to sit, sit yeah. and, and make it up. Yeah. 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 No, I couldn't make this up and nobody would know. But <laughs> <laughs> it'd probably better because if I made it up, I'd catch more fish and I'd be much more talented in my cafe. <laughs> but uh, I actually tell the truth. So, uh, uh, yeah, this people don't know how much goes into writing one of these things because you're before you even travel, you're creating these trips. And there's logistics and planning and research, and then you take the trip, and then you see what's going to happen, and you survive the trip. Sometimes it is survive the trip. And it's one after another, plus the notes and everything else, and then the writing and then yeah. the editing. Well, when we went, we would go fish during the day, go grab dinner, and then the evening you were writing notes down. Right. Um, that way you could remember everything that you wanted to... Like how much... Um, how soon after you go on the trip are you trying to write the chapter? This book's been different. Um, but generally I'm writing it pretty quick after I've come back. Because if you, and I know you've looked at my writing, I, I'm, I'm descriptive. So I want people to see it, feel it, and I keep it fresh. This book's been a little different because the way the book comes out is different than the way I took the trips. So the trips at the end of the book, actually, I took first, some of them, because we're fly fishing. You go when the season's right. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, even though the book starts in Alaska, uh, that's not my first trip. So you, you have to kind of work that out. But I, I write them pretty quick, the first thing, and I, uh, I do the first quick write and then after that, I go back and redo and redo and redo. So there's a lot of, that's what I've been doing. This morning I was editing, and I do so much self-editing that I really don't get edited much by Lions Press at all. They've actually never edited me uh, on any book. Uh, copy editors will catch where you missed a comma or something. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to give them a pretty clean manuscript. Well, and... <clears throat> Are you mapping out your whole book before you even begin yes. writing one story? Like you have to, if you're going on all these trips and, you know, your first story is at the end of the book, you're pretty much kind of like routing your whole book and then traveling and writing as you do. Um, there's no like, I've done chapter one, now I'm going to plan and do, you know. It seems like you have to have the whole thing, your whole plan for the book mapped out before you even begin. In the way I write, yes. So if I was writing more like, say, John Kirock, um, he's able to put a lot of different trips together, and they don't have to be in a particular order. Um, but the way I'm writing, there's a theme to what's going on there. So it's, it's not a collection of essays, though it may seem that way. They're a progressive theme. So it's like I'm writing a novel. I know what the plot is. I know who the characters are. I know the scene. What I don't know is whether the bear is coming out of the bushes. I don't know what the water is going to be like. I don't know if we're going to get overturned in the in the you know in the flood. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I know where I'm going. And and then the other part is to 
take it as it comes. So sometimes you go and everything comes together, and other times you go and people are saying, it's been a terrible year. You know, everything's flooded. We've lost 60% of our fish. Well, that's the story. That's the story. Yeah, mm -hmm. So I tell the truth. If I hook a tree, people know I hooked a tree. I protect the people that are fishing with me. As you know, I've, we fish together, and I'll say, do, you, do I have permission to share this? Or something like that. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So... So I've had many times where wonderful, wonderful anglers that are my dear friends have popped me in the back of the head with a plug, and that's not going to ever make it to my book. But if I do it, I'm going to put it in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, the, you said the first six chapters are Alaska, or six? You have six chapters in Alaska. So th this one that's being done now, um, it purposely begins and ends here in Texas. Uh huh. It purposely begins and ends, begins on the Guadalupe River, which is, to me, the major river closest to, to the cities. Mm -hmm. And it's going to end on the Devil's River, which I will be doing in a couple weeks. Um, and that's on purpose. So here we're going from the least wild place to the most wild place in the Texas Hill Country. In the book itself, you're going to travel with me from the furthest out part of Alaska in Bristol Bay and then out on the Bering Sea the Walrus Islands area and all that. We're going to go from Alaska and we're going to go across the United States in the other direction, across the Rockies, all the way, and we're going to end up in the Catskills right outside New York City. So that's the journey. And what I want people to do is feel like they're there with me. You went with me. You, the only difference is you don't have to actually have the welts from the thousands of mosquitoes in Alaska. <laughs> you could get to vicariously not have to do that. But um, that's that's the trip. So, and the other thing I'm doing here is I am traveling in reverse order from the way we settled this country as Euro-Americans. So I'm telling the story. If you've seen in my books, I tell the story of both the Euro-American story and the Native American story as they mesh together, and then how that ties into our rivers and how we treat them, and you know that sort of thing. So that's that's it. It's, it's a pretty epic adventure, actually. What was. Uh your favorite moment of the trips that you took for this book? Not even story, just like it Super could be hard. could be like uh, scenery or just like uh, funny interaction with somebody else or like what if you had to pick like a moment that was your favorite? I, you know, I really want to be able to answer that, but that is so hard to say. Um, can I give you a series of moments? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the, at the top of my list, I have to tell you my time in Alaska with my buddy Bob White. And as you know, who Bob White does all the art for a lot of people, including John Gerock. And for, for me, I'm so grateful he does the sketches for me. Mm -hmm. But Bob, I consider him like a brother. and He knows that. I just love the guy. And um, when I started this book, what I wanted to do was travel to people's home waters across America in that direction. So I asked Bob, so what's your home water? And I thought he was going to say the St. Croix River. He lives on the St. Croix. And he said, oh, that's easy. The Wood River drainage, Bristol Bay, Alaska. That's where I started guiding decades ago. That's where I've been coming for going there every year for decades. Mm -hmm. It's where I met my wife. Um, so we went. And that was super special. And I have to tell you, the experience was life-changing for me. 
and that includes things that other people take for granted. I have always wanted to fly in a float plane, and I got to ride shotgun every time, and people were very kind, let me run shotgun on the float plane, and at one point, one of the one of the <laughs> pilots said, hey, Steve, you want to fly? And I was like, yeah. And we, looked, <laughs> we, we looked back at all the other people in the plane, and they looked horrified. <laughs> so that didn't happen. I would, um, say, I would say this. Only an Alaska float plane pilot would even ask or entertain that question. It, well, this guy was a genius in the plane, and he, just, he <laughs> said, hey, do you want to fly it? And I said, yeah, definitely. And we just looked back, and he said, well, maybe we'll wait till it's just you and I, <laughs> which never happened, but um, we got close. So that was, I'll I'll say that Alaska and Bristol Bay was life-changing experience for me, the people I met up there, the experience, but also for me, it was so beautiful to share it with my friend, Bob, just the times we had there. Um, Actually in Fly Fisherman Magazine, there's a story out right now that I wrote called Life and Death on the Gulak, and it's about that. So that that's special, but you know why I have a tough time. Do you mind me going on just a little bit more? No, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is your podcast. Well, go no, ahead. this is your podcast. I'm just like <laughs> lucky enough that you invite me. Um, how do you split that out and then say, but you know, then again, here I am sitting in Oklahoma and spending time at Dave Whitlock's house with Emily one year after he's passed. Uh, Dave and I were planning to fish together for this book. And it didn't happen because he passed. And I was uh, so honored because Emily invites me up to be her guest at the event that is naming the Oklahoma Trout Unlimited chapter after Dave. Mm. So I got to be there for that. And then her and I are fishing the waters that just they fish together as their private spaces on private land. And I get to fish that with her. And I'm sitting, I'm wearing Dave's fishing vest at her insistence. I mean, what kind of honor is that? So how do you split these out and say which one's the best? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with uh, two other incredible friends I've made, uh, Randall and Mary Kaufman up in Grand Tetons, and we float the Snake River. Have either any of you float the Snake? Mm -hmm. You have got to float the Snake River. (laughs) That is spectacular. At some point, I stopped fishing because I just wanted to look at the mountains going by. Um. And, and and I'll just give one more, but I could go on. That's 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 hopefully people want to read these stories, but because it was beautiful. Um, you know, I, I I'm lucky enough to write a column for Fly Fisherman Magazine, which used to be Nick Lyons. So part of this book is me flying up and fishing with um, the publisher, who's also my friend now, uh, Ross Purnell. And wow, we just had such an emotionally touching experience me fishing his special secret little waters in Pennsylvania's classic areas of spring creeks. It was just beautiful. Not just the fishing, but the friendship. Um, and I was uh, using a bamboo rod crafted by uh, Jerry Kustich. That, uh, when I told him later, I said, and if you don't know Jerry, he's as kind of man as you ever meet. And He sent me this rod, four-piece bamboo, to, to try it out. I'm not going to tell people what happens with that rod, um, but Ooh. it's it's quite an no, it's quite an adventure. So <clears throat> it's sitting it's sitting in my whole house right now. When it came to me, it was I don't know if you, any of you've seen the Santa Claus that thing with that Christmas show with 
um, where the guy turns into Santa Claus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. his name's Scott <coughs> Calvin in it, and he gets this robe, and it says SC for Scott Calvin, but Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I opened up the, the rod, and here it says SR on it for Sweet Glass Grass Rods, but I, it's Steve Ramirez. I said, well, this is my rod. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's how this whole adventure has been. And in a time that we live in right now, I don't know about y'all, but if I just looked at the news, I would give up. Oh, but, I agree. Yeah. I would think we're doomed. Um, but I want people to read these books and tell on these stories with me because it's full of, it's like what I'm sitting here right now. Y'all give me help. So that's, that's what it's about. So, so if I had to pick one, I don't know how I could do that. Cause how could I tell Bob or Emily or, any of them that wasn't as special as the other one. Yeah, they were all fantastic. Uh, how do you like fishing with bamboo? You know, um, I have to. Bamboo forces me to be a different. To be different. Um, I have to spend time with it so they'll slow down. And I had just been when I did this. I had just been with Ross, and I was fishing with a rod that you'll find out he 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 called it my jedi lights saber because he let me one of his rods and it was uh it's an orvis h3 and i couldn't miss now you fished with me you know that's not me (laughs) (laughs) i could cast as far as i wanted and i never missed not once i could put it between two trees and i was just having this this wonderful pardon me orgasmic experience (laughs) (laughs) and uh but that's a fast action rod and i went straight from that to the bamboo so what i say about bamboo is it makes you really slow down and breathe um and the only other thing i had to get over was seeing this piece of art that was handcrafted by jerry custich and me thinking I really don't want to screw this thing up because <laughs> it was on loan to me. So um, I, I think it's I think bamboo is beautiful, um, but it, and again, I'm not trying to be wishy washy. It depends on what I'm trying to do. So I took that bamboo rod to Vermont and I fished the bat and kill with my friend um, Sarah Foster, who is the executive director of the Fly Fishing Museum there, and we fished the bat and kill together. And I fished with the bamboo, and it was. Wonderful for that night because I decided to wear my original old fishing vest that I got when I was young, <laughs> much younger, and I went completely retro that day. So it, it fit. Yeah. yeah. So it depends on what I'm doing. But yeah, it's beautiful. Why do you ask? Um, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to fish bamboo, and they come, they have preconceived notions about what fishing bamboo is like. Um, or that they don't want to, or um, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on it for, because a lot of people don't get the, either don't get the opportunity to fish bamboo or they're scared to fish bamboo or um, I don't know. It's always interesting to ask somebody how they like bamboo because I, I have um, my uh, great-granddad's bamboo rod and uh, – it, it's it's a six weight. It's really heavy rod, and I fish some nicer bamboos. And I, it's really like you said, you have to breathe, you have to slow down, but they're like so gentle, and I don't know. It's it's a different experience, and I appreciate it a lot. Had, okay, 
Have you fished your grandfather, your great grandfather's rod? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you feel? Like, like, were you worried about it, or because that's my thing is that like, well, I'm always worried because it's I was such and like there's such an art behind it, you know. And I know like they make them to be used, but there's still like yeah. that mindset of like, well, that oh my gosh, that rod pressure. is really old, right? And it has a sentimental value. It has a sentimental value right. now, and it it was a you know you used to be able to go to the hardware store. And buy a bamboo fly rod at the hardware store. Right. Like back, you know, I don't know, maybe 1950s. I think we call those cane poles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's it's a, it's a hardware store rod. I mean, it was, it, at that time, it was, they didn't have fiberglass. They didn't have yeah. graphite. Yeah. That was the affordable man's rod. Right. At that point in time was the rod that I have. So um, it's, um, it's really heavy. As, as compared to what you're going to find today of a, of an equivalent weight, like a six weight is going to be significantly lighter made now than it was then. But because of its age, and I had to have some work done on it to even make it fishable, mm-hmm. um, I don't fish it a lot. I do pull it out every once in a while, but I'm very careful. But if I was to buy like a, a modern-day bamboo rod, I shoot, I'd fish the heck out of it. Yeah. I'd See, fish the heck out of it. I don't know that I will fish the heck out of this one. Be- I think I'm going to save it. It's like that bottle of wine that you've just been saving for that right dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do with Jerry's rod, because I'll let you know. I'm not going to tell you the story behind it, but I have that rod at home. And um, they want the story, they have to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to sell books, Steve. That's yeah. all well, I'm being serious for another reason. It's not for that, too, because I don't want to say so much that people say, well, I already knew this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want people to say, wow, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I want to make them laugh. And, yeah, sometimes I want to make them think um so i thought it was it wasn't a that that rod is not just a rod it's an extension of the maker so when i use that rod i'm thinking of my friend jerry i'm thinking the fact that he handcrafted that Mm -hmm. and handed it to me and it's unlike what you're talking about it is very delicate it is a four-piece bamboo which is not easy to make uh, travel bamboo, and it is extremely delicate and soft, very soft. So I have to get myself to slow down and and be soft myself to not power it. Uh, I have to change. I have to let the rod tell me how to fish it. Well, I'll say, too, with the bamboo, like when you're fishing, I just think there's, like, fishing a dry fly on bamboo is just the most... Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful experience because you can't get anything to land as soft like you can with bamboo. It's just like the perfect dry fly presentation. Right. So So. that's what it comes down to, too, is what you're trying to do. So it's like trying to complain. You can't compare fishing for snook and fishing for six-inch brook trout. Now, they're both fantastic experiences, but they're not the same experience. Yeah. Like I wouldn't take a bamboo rod and then chunk like throw like huge streamers on it or oh. anything like that it's like it, it, it's uh for it's, yeah like for a specific purpose or like dry fly fishing like a small creek or like pennsylvania dry fly fishing like a creek like that i was, was, on, bamboo, a li- I was, was like, on a little juniata with it perfect and it was perfect beautiful wonderful experience yep and i would certainly i used it on the bat and kill it's perfect yep you know but you're not talking about long distance casting there uh, I'll be fishing this week on the Lano. Uh, it will not be with me. Yeah. 
I will not take that out for Bass on Alano. Yeah. Uh, but th- then it's going to be my H3. My lightsaber. Yeah. 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 What model, what H3 do you have? You know, I don't, I thought you'd ask that. I don't even. Is it know. a five weight or is it it's a, a five weight? It's a five weight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so is it, uh, so you said it's a faster rod. So it's the blue one or the green one? No, it's the blue one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you're talking, what, you're talking to a colorblind man. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah, probably not a great, <laughs> great question. So, I'm going, uh. <laughs> so, so what Jedi are you then? Who do you, who, who's who's your Jedi? <laughs> it, I'm gonna tell you, I'm really a Star Trek guy. Oh. <laughs> you're a Trekkie. I'm a Trekkie. Live long and prosper. Yeah, I hope to actually. <laughs> I hope to. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. If it's the blue one, we could call it the Master Sword. You probably don't know. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, come on, Steve. What Legend of Zelda. What's that? Oh, my God. He, d- he doesn't like games, remember? <laughs> no, I know. It's oh, no, I'm not a game yeah, guy. It's a video yeah. game. <sighs> yeah, I'm not a game That's guy. Okay. I forgive you. No oh, tattoos, oh. no games. Why did you invite me? Wait, wait, <laughs> no, no, you know what? It could be the sting, you know, the sword from uh, Lord of the Rings, oh, right? Okay. No? Did you read that one? No, I didn't read that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, I think I... So, yeah, and I've already disappointed you because I'm a, I'm a Trek guy. Yeah. I'm definitely okay. a Star Trek guy. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can never get the same tattoos. No. No. <laughs> never never going to happen. <laughs> so, oh. This is the last time I'm getting invited. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, Steve, you're welcome anytime Any you want to come. Star Trek. Any, anytime oh, my you God. Wanna come. You wanna, Actually, you come. Uh, when Ross Purnell and I were fishing up there, I found out that he's a Trek fan. So we got to talking about what Trek people do, you know, leadership styles. And, and he was all about Captain Kirk, and I was all about John Luke Picard. <laughs> so, so he wanted like, yeah, yeah, Kirk just he makes a decision, and everybody's going to do it. And I said, no, nah, I like how Picard like asked everybody's opinion first, got the feedback, and then he made a commands that make it so. So yeah, we got into all that. We talked about the green dancing women and the effect they had on us as young men. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we got this. This is the thing you talk about on on Penn's Creek. Oh yeah, yeah. Waiting for the spinner fall. Uh, Steve, what are your favorite books? <laughs> what a terrible question! That what do you mean? Me. I bet it's what the casting mean? series. What do you mean? You what a terrible casting? question! <laughs> what are your favorite books to read? Not ones that you've written. What oh. are your favorite? Like I'm just well, trying I'm to sick of reading those. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Um. Actually, I read a lot of books. Okay, so right now I'm reaching, I'm just starting to read Richard Louvre's book. Does anybody know who Richard Louvre is? Okay, so he wrote Last Child in the Forest, which if you haven't read it, is a fantastic book. He's a fantastic writer. We've actually become long-distance friends. And I'm reading one him uh, now. So I read a lot of nonfiction now. When I was younger, I read a lot of fiction, a lot of Hemingway, like a lot of the guys that want to go hunt Africa, which I've done. Mm-hmm. Um I read a lot of fiction back then, but now I read mostly nonfiction. So this book I'm reading now is about his his looking at how we interact with wildlife. I read a lot of nonfiction. But you're saying, what's my favorite books? I'm trying to read. Um, it's a good book, but it's a slow read for me. Uh, Zen and the, and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. So I'm reading that right now, too. And is that nonfiction as well? It, it's... Pseudo fiction. Okay. So uh, the writer actually took a motorcycle trip with his his son, but that's not what the story is. So it's 
It's a pseudo fiction. So kind of like my fishing. Pseudo. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Could, could you elaborate on more? I just made it up. Okay. So in other words, well, I think it was. I think it was Ice Cube that said faction. In other words, it didn't happen to me, but it happened. So, uh, so okay, so, okay, I see. So pseudo fiction. In other words, he took a trip he actually went on, but told a different story. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Okay. He okay. created a fictional character. So like the like when movies say based on a true story and it's completely not possible that it was real, like the same kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. Like yeah. it has a couple of plot points yeah. that might For be anybody connected. anybody wants to read this book, like, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's pretty, it's fascinating, but it's a slow read. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably read a lot of books that would bore you, but I don't know that. Uh, I read a lot of books about our interaction with nature. I like to read a lot of stuff about, I just got done reading uh, Struggle Well which is about dealing with PTSD and trauma and, and, and overcoming that. And so I'm all often reading books that are going to end up in my books, actually. What I mean is I've, I'll learn something and I'll share it in a different form. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I'm giving credit to whoever wrote it, but, right. yeah. but I'll, you know, I'm, I'm spending time talking about a river or about fishing in a different way than people who haven't read those books would see it. So even in my past life working in counterterrorism and all the things I used to do, I would take things from outside that world and realize how to apply it there. So I'm doing the same thing with fly fishing yeah. and outdoor writing. What is uh do you have a favorite fly fishing book? Um <laughs> uh, no. I'm gonna try to. I have to. I have to think for a second about that because there's different kinds of fly fishing. First of all, I, I I own everything that John Garrock ever wrote. Yeah. Like just about everybody else does. Um, and I've read them many times. So one thing I love is a book that people can pick up and read again and again. You know, they've set it down for a while and they want to read that story. I've read everything John Garrock's ever had, uh, again and again. Some stories. I, I think stories. Death Taxes and Leaky Waiters is like the best title of a book. Well, he's. He, I think. I read that he sold the was it sex, death, and whatever it happens to be that that one the one that had sex in it sold the most. I think it's sex, oh. death, and fly fishing. Yeah, that sold yeah. the most because it has sex in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking of doing. A hey, ca- he he, he took that sex. romance. I'll read that. Give me two copies. <laughs> I might need that just to push it over the top. <laughs> I told you that romance is where the money's at, Steve. Hey, yeah, I told you I already came up with my name. So if anybody starts seeing romance novels written by Stephanie Steele, you know it's me. <laughs> two girls, um, one waiter. So, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. All right, the man that's got the same tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) So, my mom listens to this. Not not anymore. anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Her ears are bleeding. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I. What about you guys? Do you have have a favorite fly fishing book? I do. What's yours? Other than uh, Steve's book. (laughs) You don't have to say that. Um,. The Feather Thief. Okay, I haven't yeah. read that. I haven't read that. Yeah, it's such a just a crazy. Just I I find myself thinking about it a lot. It's just such an unbelievable story that happened that mm-hmm. you should. I you can borrow my copy, Steve. I'll let you go home with it. You can. 
Well, I, why don't we wait till I finish writing this yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. a bad fly fisher, but I've only ever read Steve's books and The Feather Thief. That's it. Other than that, like, I read, but I read fiction outside of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I've read so many fly fishing books earlier in life. There's only one, and I'm not going to say its name, that everybody told me, you've got to read it. It's a classic. It's a classic. I couldn't get through it. I still kept it because someone else told me, you'll pick it up again. And I'm not going to say what the book is, but Aaron Reed, Mm -hmm. our our mutual friend, I I felt better about myself when I admitted to him that I read partway through and I had to put it down. And he said, oh, gosh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those books everybody says, oh, if you read fly fishing literature, you've got to read that. You've got to read it. I started reading and I thought, this is awful. Now, that's really hard for me to say about a book that's been published like in 20 languages and (laughs) sold more than I'll ever see. Um, But, um, yeah, it it depends on the book. I like a lot of the old old writing. But but depends on the book. Yeah. And it depends on what you're trying to get out of it, too. Mm -hmm. I have to say that in this this shows in the quality of my fishing, I don't read much (laughs) how-to. So so I I, I don't read too much how-to books. Those are the big sellers. Do you tie flies? No, I don't. I've been thinking about hitting on y'all to start getting me in that direction. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I know I should. It's it's, it's fun. I started on my own a couple of years ago. I tied for a little bit really badly. The bass didn't seem to mind because pretty much you put anything that's brown and fuzzy in front of them, they're going to eat it. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bass. <laughs> bass going to be like, I'm the best fly tire ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love fishing for bass. That's my favorite. They're so easy. Excuse I, I, me, sorry. I put I a hook in a rubber anybody. ducky and I'm going to get some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'm not dissing bass. It's my favorite fish. So. Oh, yeah, mine too. It's my favorite fish. I love how that you know, uh, Kevin Hutchison is the one that says this, and I, I copy him all the time. He says, trout fishing is ballet, and bass fishing is a street fight. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the street fight. I like something that's going to eat anything it can get down its throat, and if it was big enough, it would eat your boat. Yeah. So, And I like the way when you set a bass free, it is going to splash you in the face and cuss you <laughs> Every out. Every time. Yeah. Every <laughs> time. You are going to get splashed in the face, and it's going to cuss you out. It looks at you like you owe it money. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's my kind of fish. Kind of fish. So I enjoy trout. I fish for trout from Alaska to New York, and I love it. But it's delicate. You know? Yep. It's finesse. It's it takes talent, which I have very little of. So. I don't remember if we talked about this uh, when the last time you were here, because I think maybe we were trying to save um, some stuff for casting seaward from our fishing trip that we did oh, together. Yeah. Uh, what did you What did you think about redfish? Because you caught your first redfish oh, with you. Yeah, yeah. I love fishing for redfish. Absolutely love fishing for redfish, and. Um, Maybe it's because I have a bass angler's soul. I love where you're targeting a fish. And I love where it's it's a little bit fishing, it's a little bit hunting. Because you remember, I started out in hunting. Mm-hmm. When I first started writing, I was writing hunting stories. I hunted Africa. I've hunted Texas, Colorado, Montana. Um, so bone fishing is right up my alley. Uh, going after snook at night. Love it. And redfish. Because to me, redfish is, is, is it's not that far from bone fishing in some ways. When you 
your sight fishing for. Uh, it's it's very similar. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I love that kind of fishing. I love that kind of fishing. Where that's why I got so addicted to corbina fishing in in California. I can't wait to do it again. Is it the, is it is that the same style of fishing? Corbina fishing. You're. We probably talked about this on the different show, but um, you're fishing for this creature that's going into the surf to try to get. <laughs> Up and grab a sand crab. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah, did, yeah. We did talk about that. Right. You we didn't did want to hook any kids on your back cast. I remember that story. Well, I don't want to hook any kids on my back cast because <laughs> it's going to ruin my forward cast. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> so, and I'm trying to get a Corbina, and it's hard enough anyway. So, so yeah, I, I, I love, I can't wait to go for redfish again. And what, we were talking about what's the next book. Well, it depends on which thing I want to tackle. Some of the things I'd love to do, I don't know if it, People would buy the books because I'd <laughs> love to see. But I love redfish. A fantastic creature. Yeah, we had a great trip, too. It was, was a fantastic trip. It was a great trip. It was a great trip. Beautiful, beautiful place we were at. And, you know, Texas has so much. One of the qualms I have with our home state is that we have almost no public land here. And I think we need to change that. And I'd like to do something to be part of changing that. Did but the proposition pass for the it funding? Did. It 14. did. Okay. Yep. It did pass. Yeah. So, yes, there, that's more yeah. money for our state parks right. I, and expanding. I actually uh, did not check on uh, to see. What, all I knew that passed was Proposition 1. That's just because it's. The property tax one? No, that was uh, the farming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, 14 did pass. Yeah. And, and you know I'm a big fan of Texas Parks and Wildlife, and I want to see us have more parks. Yeah. yeah. But I mentioned that because – one thing we do have right in Texas is we have a lot of coastline that's protected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more protected. Now, it, it'll work out anyway because with climate change, the coast is going to move further and further in. And so after a while, San Antonio will we be will have beachfront. Coast. Beachfront, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so. what's, uh, what's a fish that you haven't caught that you would really like to? Tarpon. Tarpon. Have you yeah. fished for tarpon before? I have, but uh, did not get a tarpon. Did you see tarpon? Did you cast a tarpon? Saw a tarpon. Did not get tarpon. So, but, uh, you know, I'm not doing a good job of answering your questions because you say what fish do I like to catch for? I can go down a long list. You know, Taman in Mongolia, uh, tiger fish in Africa. Uh, I want to get peacock bass, but I don't want to catch them in Florida. I want to catch them in the Amazon. Um I'd like to go, I've caught pike before, but I'd like to go catch them way up in northern Canada mm-hmm. or maybe in Sweden. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a long list. And yeah. all i got to do is keep living and finding ways to get people to pay for me to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. That's the trick right there. That's the trick. That's the trick. So, yeah. How about you? What, what fish haven't you caught that you'd like to catch? On the fly. I would. I'll, I'll. I'll answer it a little bit differently. I my bucket list trip is Mongolia, and not just for the taming because I think taming are sweet, mm-hmm. but I just want that experience. Yeah. Of being in Mongolia. That, that's what it really is for me too. Um. I would say that's probably the top of the list, but I have other like like you said too. Yeah, I'd love to catch a GT. I'd love to catch. Uh, I've never caught a pike. I think a pike would be great. Pike are great. Um, 
I oh, really loved musky. a lot. A lot of people. Musky. I don't know if my. I could see musky being high on your list. Yeah, I love cool. musky fishing. <clears throat> and when I finally got my shot at a musky, I blew it. After three days on the Chippewa and the Flambeau of practicing in my head everything I needed to do and say when that torpedo actually started towards my fly and then it grabbed it, I blew it. I'm curious. You say you needed to practice everything you do and say. What would you say to the fish to make it? <laughs> you say, I'm going to teach you, that you say there's a muskie and you point your rod because the muskie has to, it grabs that line but they're so so bony. You want to mm-hmm. get that thing. And this is the way I was taught. I don't know how how, how right it is, but it certainly turned out right for me. Um, you want to try to get them to turn mm-hmm. and get them, hook them in the corner of the mouth, and you want to give them a little room so that they can turn. Now, when you have a four foot fish coming through like a torpedo and it hits you, it does, I can tell you for me, it doesn't matter how many times I was thinking, "There's a muskie," <laughs> and then you're gonna try to strip. Set. Oh, so it's kind of like God Save the Queen type thing? No, it's a straight strip set multiple times. They say try to break the line, then try to break the rod. Okay. So what I did was I strip set one time, and then I trout set on the second, and it opened its mouth and let go of the fly because I didn't let it turn. Mm. I felt it grab, and I grabbed back, and I blew Mm. it. And I was fishing with uh, a, now a friend of mine, Ron, and he, he caught a muskie every single day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. Uh, this guy's got it down. He's just got, you know, he's, he's got it. But How, uh, how does I it would, feel I that would, your 10,000 cast counter gets to start over again? Ron catches them in much less than that. So <laughs> I don't really buy into that. You know, I had, I had, uh, Two, actually, I had three follows, and the and the third follow was a take, and then I I didn't set the hook well enough, um, which is pretty darn good in a three day f- fishing. I was fishing with Bob White and the crew up in in uh, Wisconsin. I would definitely, I definitely like to go musky fishing again, and I've done lake and river, but I prefer river. I'm just a river guy, yeah, and I loved the casting. Uh, I, I think I really could get in. Think, another thing else I want to try is steelhead. I can really get into futile fishing, you know. <laughs> I can really get into standing in the freezing cold and casting again and again and knowing you might not get anything. Yeah. I, I can really get into that. So, yeah, musky fishing to me was at the top for me of something I want to do again. If I only could do two more things, again, it'd be musky and corbina. I can say that right away. Yeah. I, I really want to catch Dolly Varden, and so many people poo-poo. I've caught a lot of them. On, on them. I've heard I think they're wonderful. Because they're just so beautiful. And uh, people are like, oh, I was out steelhead fishing and caught another dang Dolly Varden. And, uh, man. I've targeted them in Alaska, in two different parts of Alaska, and I love catching Dolly Varden. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic, and it's a targeted thing. You're not... That's another reason why I love it because you're you're targeting them. Yeah, you know, they're they're following the salmon. What do you guys think? What about y'all? About our fish? Yeah, fish that you want to fish that you want to catch. You go first. That you like to catch? Um, green sunfish. 
I'll catch sunfish. You in You can't a day, go wrong man. with that. No, <laughs> honestly, if sunfish were bigger and a little bit more picky, they would be like the Dude, top they'd be insane. That's what like. everybody says. No, are you kidding me? They're beautiful. When you yeah, look at them, like they, they are beautiful. But if you have to, if you have to preface it by saying if they were bigger. And See, you know, I if they grew to it. the size to the if they grew the size of a permit, I honestly we talk about this all the time. I just enjoy having a fish in my hand. I'm just gonna so say I can go catch panfish all day long. And I have just as okay. Much but, I've got but photo. what's your what's your fish though? Um, I would like to catch a tarpon at some point. That you know I haven't normally been a salt guy, but I'm starting to feel like I want to fish the salt a lot more. You know. Um, but also, I think peacock bass would be cool, especially going down to the Amazon would be really neat. See, that's uh, the thing. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. But if you had to ask me the question this way, what's your fishing experience you want to do? Because you kind of said it, too. I'm not fishing for the fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice. I, I said tarpon, but I was just kind of answering the question. But the reality is I don't want to catch a pecan bass in a, in a, in a canal in Florida. Yeah. I want to catch it in the Amazon. I don't want to catch um, Dolly Varden in a pond and in, in, that they've been placed in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Alaska and catch them in the Tongass like I did, yeah, you know, or in Bristol Bay. Um, that it's the adventure of it, right? Yeah. It's and you said it right. It's Mongolia. It's not the Taman or the mm-hmm. Lennox or any of those others. It's, it's Mongolia. Yeah, it's yeah. The experience. It's the yurt and getting sick on a. Sour milk and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep. You yeah. know, I just want to say I've caught a twelve-inch red ear sunfish. Mm-hmm. Bites harder than any bass I've ever hooked into. Yeah, just saying. So if they were all big, dude, they would be the the biggest game fish or the most popular game fish. Sunfish. Just saying, they're great creatures. Oh yeah, yeah, they really are. I was just saying that because that's what he likes to catch. Yeah. I do, too. I, know, I, know. I do, too. <laughs> okay. I do, too. Well, no, I, I didn't say no, it was a bad I know. thing. I it's just, a good thing. Man, I just... It's fun. You know? I'm not... And You know, I write it again and again. I'm not into the... How many fish did I catch and what's the size of the fish? I, I don't actually care. So I have chapters where I catch nothing. Yeah. And I had a great time. Yep. Still had a great time. Hey, I floated down... A river for twelve miles in the middle of the mountains. What was what was wrong with that, Zach? What about you? Um, anybody who knows me knows that recently I've been really interested in Dorado. You have yeah. had influences in, in your life, though. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> so. Okay. So yeah. I don't think it's pre, an influence thing. I think it's an opportunity influence. thing. Yeah. Like can, it's it's kind of close enough that you can start tasting yeah. it a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. would have thrown Dorado in there too. By the way, yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. The hiking through the jungle for for, for a couple of days. But for to, me, it's the place. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the fish too. Well, it's it's the whole. It's every it's every it's, bit. It's right? the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yes. That's like a definitely like an adventure of itself. Yeah. Is to mm-hmm. Target Dorado. Yeah, that's but pre pre Lucia yeah. is what you're asking. a tough one. What did uh, Zach Pro Shop, uh, Bass Pro Shop Zach want to catch on the fly <laughs> rod? <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. 
He doesn't play that guy anymore. He's dead, man. He's dead, man. He's dead, man. Man, I don't, I don't know. Dude. Oh, That's I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was just between you and me. I'm taking your tattoo off. <laughs> can't be part of this anymore. <laughs> I don't know. If I had to go for fight, probably GT. But if I went for experience, experience, total, total package. Mm. I don't know, man. Probably bull trout, honestly. Really? Yeah. Ooh. That'd be cool. Bull trout would be really cool. I've always kind of. Well, I have a buddy who who is big into bull trout, and he's always told me stories, and it's always kind of caught my attention about how it goes. I, you know, it's not a whole lot different than than. Other predators, but it's I don't know. I don't, I think they've just always kind of called my name. Yeah, that would be cool. So, yeah, bull trout would be a lot of fun. But they can wait. Dorado's first. Yeah, that's a great one. Oh yeah, if you get the chance to do that, I I oh, looked I into one of those trips to Bolivia once, and mm-hmm. once I saw the price tag, I thought, well, yeah, we'll see. Maybe later. I I maybe yeah. So if you're listening out there, <laughs> I, I have a I have an adopted family in South America now, <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll I'll get down there. I would I, love I think we're to write a story about, about <laughs> Toronto and South America. <laughs> <laughs> Might even okay. get a tattoo. <laughs> no, I won't. In my favorite fish, I guess that would be like the bucket list would be like. A trip where we all go to South America and get to fish for <laughs> trout. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get to do that next year, too. Yeah. yeah. See? yeah I might get to do both next year. Yeah. If I play my cards right. Yeah, we can go. And friends that. are invited, yeah. right? At some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to find out who's going to still be friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> that would be cool. A honey hole. Honey hole. Sp- not sponsored. What's the word? What did you used to do at Orvis? A group trip, like a group host. Trip? There you go. Yeah. Honey Hole hosted trip. That'd be cool. Yeah, that that'd would be, be a cool. lot of fun. French trip would be cool too. The yeah. French trip. Well, that's kind of. Well, you I mean. know, that's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, Honey Hole still pays their own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honey Hole just happens to be friends with all of their listeners, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it kind of works yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Considering you had to uh, recuperate for the last two and a half weeks from a <laughs> one-day event, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. wasn't even a full day. It no, was yeah, it was yeah, just like a couple just hours. Just a few hours. <laughs> yeah, y'all head down to South America. You may not be coming back. Yeah. yeah. I, I can live with that. That'd be a long yeah. recuperation. Long <laughs> recuperation. My yeah. recuperation's actually mainly been from work. They got schools down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's schools. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, could, if, I can get Kindle on that boat. On board pretty easily. Yeah? I think so. I think I can get Lou on that. <laughs> <laughs> Did she not uh, tie flies at the Ironfly? Because mm, she's know, a pretty... I don't remember. No, she didn't. She didn't. I don't think... Yeah, she's, she's a great fly tire. Yeah. She's she's really good. She went to the Orvis tying night last night and tied some stimulators. And she showed them. I was at her place before I came over here. And oh, man, they're they're tiny little simulators. They're the oh. perfect little caddis. Right. They're beautiful. Well, I only wish I could tie dry. Did you go to like tying night last night? No. You know, I look at your. I did not. 
Well, first of all, I know nothing. Okay, so we'll get that up, up front. But I look at your flies when you put them up online. I think that's beautiful. I wish I could do that. Thank you. I do. I, I look at them and think, think the same thing. <laughs> 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 Just because I did it once doesn't mean I could do it again. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Oh, thank you, Steve. That means a lot. No, that's true. I'll I, teach you. Let's I'll get let's, together. Let's do it. Let's do it. But, you, but then you'll put it out here and... How, how I, I can't tie a knot. Yeah. Yeah. Lead a horse to water. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on the podcast with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is great. As always, also, we'd love to have you on for fifth time when you're ready to come back. <laughs> Anytime you want to, honestly. Yeah. You can be our yeah. first fifth time. Uh, I mean, I tell, I tell you all, um, You've been asking me what's my favorite this, what's my favorite that. I love being on this podcast. It's, um, I don't want to say it's my favorite because I'm going to insult somebody. But y'all do. Well, I'll tell you this. And, and Anybody just, that you would potentially assault isn't, lis- uh, isn't listening <laughs> to this Wait, podcast. Have you been all. on any other yeah. podcast more than once? More than once? Not yet. I'm probably then there you get, go. This yeah. has to be the favorite. Yeah, not yet. Sorry, April. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, no, I have to I have to say I absolutely loved uh, when April and I did that. Anchored uh, Anchored is a great one. I listened yeah, to it a lot. Yeah. Well, and I just had a great time, to, and, and we we've communicated since then, and uh, I'd love to do that again. She knows that we're gonna see what happens, but if she ever wants to interview a mediocre fly tire. <laughs> Got your guy right here. Well, she, she she interviewed me, so <laughs> who knows? Um, but no, she was. I, I had such a great time. Uh, we just just what we talked about when we weren't recording and just 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 life stuff. She seems great. I'm glad to hear that she's the same behind or off the microphone as she yeah. is when she's on it. Because I enjoy the hell out of Anchored. It's such a, I don't know, it's such oh, I a can, soothing experience. Yeah, I, it really is, yeah. yeah. I totally, we t- talked like old friends, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about, actually her, her husband was listening in, and he said, hey, we might have to go fishing with that guy. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Of course, now we don't have any water in our rivers. But, yeah, um, but yeah no, I had a great experience with, with, with April. Definitely, and obviously, I thought a lot of, of our conversation because she's on the cover of my third book. Y'all know that, right? Mm-hmm. She, she's the blurb on the cover. Of the, so yeah, I had a really great experience. But I, I always love being with y'all because it's uh, it's so genuine, it's so real. Um, a little frightened now that y'all have the same tattoos, but other, other than that, oh no, that no, 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 we I'm don't. Me, they don't. Oh, look at yeah, oh, now yeah, they're yeah. all just only. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I passed. Can I do it again? Am <laughs> 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 I getting that close? <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. To well, and uh, you'll have to start tying some flies and compete next year in the Iron Fly, and yes. then join us for a tattoo. And um, we can do face painting too if you want. Oh well, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking smack. I didn't even get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Steve. Thank you. As always, it's a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. We Thank really you. enjoy this every time. So. so do I. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. 
Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week. Bye.